Hi, everybody. As you're getting seated, Malia, you want to come share that really quick? Malia had a word from the Lord. Hello. Um, I have no idea what Jenny's going to speak about, so if anything anything lines up, then that's cool. Um, But just tonight, as we were entering into worship, I just felt like God was um, kind of pulling us into his family room tonight, Um, almost like just picturing like an actual living room and us as a family just sitting in it with the Lord, um, which is biblical. Bible calls us sons and daughters, um, so we are the family of God. But I just felt like there there may be some people that felt like a little bit, I don't know, hesitation or resistance to that. Like almost if you um, grew up in a really unhealthy family and you experience a healthy family for the first time, you're like, oh my gosh, I want that. Like I want to be a part of that. But there's this discomfort or like unfamiliarity there because that's not what you're used to. And so if the idea of like sitting in the family room of God or like being a part of that feels really like, uh, I don't know about that. Um, just felt an invitation for you to really like take that step forward tonight. Um, and I don't know exactly what that looks like, but just this, like if we're picturing a family room and everyone's sitting in it and there's a few people kind of standing against the wall or like physically in the room, but not really participating, then what does it look like to just come in and sit down and say, okay, I'm here, I'm choosing to be part of the family of God. Like, it's uncomfortable, it's unfamiliar, but I'm choosing to engage and participate and be here. So I just felt like God was being that for tonight. Thank you, Malia. I, I love that word because I, what we're going to talk about tonight feels like something you kind of have with the family. So I'm going to pull this back. Oh, it's super heavy. Can you come back this way so I can see everybody? Okay. Thank you, Devin. Awesome. Okay. All right, guys, you ready? Um, So glad you're here. It's fun to see your faces when I'm in the front row. I don't know who's behind me. Anyway, y'all doing okay? Thank you for coming tonight. I'm gonna share a little bit of where I'm at and kind of go from there, but I'm at the end of a long run here of craziness, kind of. I, I joke, but I don't think it's a joke. Next year in April, I think I'm going to call for a woman or maybe a mom's dad's if they want to join me. Um, prayer time for May. I don't know if any of your teachers in here, you know how crazy May is? Shrika. Um, anybody? I know we have other teachers. It was, it's kind of nutty. You know, every banquet, every uh, you name it on the, they could possibly put, they stick it in May. And then uh, my oldest graduated from high school and yes, and then my husband left for, uh, with the night school team to France, like I guess on Monday, which is great. And then in addition to that, I was working on my continuing education. I have to have to do 75 hours every five years to keep my registration exam or my registration to be a dietitian. And um, I did 18 of those in May. So uh, talk about waiting to the last minute. It was not smart, but here I am. I made it through, y'all. So <laughs> I'm uh, like, whew, it was a, it was a big, busy month. So I am ready to take a breath. And Scott also has had a lot on his plate. And the other day we were sitting outside and he said to me, he's like, wouldn't it be nice if God would just give us a run of peace with no conflict or no difficulties? And I'm like, well, yeah. But inside my spirit, I felt like the Holy Spirit said, is that really the best thing? But what if, and also, what if he doesn't? What if he doesn't ever do that? What if we have hard times and conflict from here on out? What am I going to do about that? 
it put definitely a weight of soberness in my heart. And in all honesty, you know, if I'm gonna be about the things of the kingdom, I have to be okay with that. I would rather it not be peaceful and not be everything wonderful if that means we're moving forward in the kingdom. But I know we can give peaceful times. I know we can meet our needs. I'm not doubting him. But I also know he's, he's been trying to teach me that the things that are important in life take time, that the processes are really important. And I'm going to stay in the game um, for the things that I long for to be developed in my life or in the other people around me. You know, when those of you who have shared things with me, I want to fix it right away. I want you to get out of that difficulty. But the truth is those, those times are what we need. There's a, the familiar passages we might know. Let me put one up here. James 1, 2 through 4. You all know it probably. Consider it pure joy. Can we say it? Woo, pure joy. Can everybody? Heart, yeah, it's not super easy. Um, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. If we go on, perseverance must finish its work so you may, may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. So again, do I want an easy time or do I want to be mature and complete, lacking in nothing? Another verse that's similar is 1 Peter 4, 12 through 13. Beloved, so there's an identity for us. We're beloved. Do not be surprised at the fiery trial that comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's sufferings that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. I'll tell you when I read these verses sometimes, when I see something about Christ's sufferings, I think none of my problems ever match up to that. So it's really hard sometimes to put myself into, hey, this is hard. This is a trial. This is suffering. Because nothing we ever do is going to match up to what Jesus did. But it's okay to think, to put our lives in that. But we can rejoice in our trial that we cannot be surprised. But in real reality, these are not scriptures that we see on wall plaques in our home. They're not the things that are in the inspirational cards you buy at the store to give your friends, are they? It's not something we all like to tell one another when our friend's having a hard time. Well, you know, you shouldn't be surprised at this fiery trial you're going through. What if I said that to you? You wouldn't be very blessed, would you? Okay. Anyway. (laughs) Um, So, several weeks ago, oh, sorry, several weeks before I had that conversation with Scott, I was reading Lamentations 3, which is a great passage for the overwhelmed. Let's look at it. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions or mercies never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. It's a great passage in Lamentations. It's worth memorizing. But interesting thing is you take time and read through Lamentations, which actually the Lord led me to do that the next day. I started reading Lamentations from the beginning. It's a pretty hefty book. The people of Jerusalem are going into exile. It's so bad. They're, uh, they're having a siege on the city that it even talks about the women are eating their children. Yeah, it's pretty gross. It's not a very pleasant thing to read. And I'll tell you, when I walked away from that long reading, I felt pretty heavy didn't know what to do with it. And really, I carried it all day. And finally, I was like, I got to get rid of this God. And then I felt like he just said, you've got to worship. So I came back 
to my room and spent time worshiping. And then as well, I just think I was overwhelmed at his mercy that Jesus died for my sins, that I did not have to pay the consequences of my sin like these people were. I'm so thankful I didn't have to live in that day before Jesus came. Because, you know, we can all judge the people of the Old Testament and say we wouldn't have done that, but I don't know. So I'm really thankful that we have his mercy and we didn't have to live like that. Um, the funny thing is about Lamentations is the center of the book is that passage about um, calling this to mind and therefore I have hope. And I want to take a minute and I'm just going to read through uh, chapter three, the start before that comes just to hear what the writer was saying. And I just want to also bring note, if any of you like literary stuff, Lamentations is amazing. Uh, Chapter three, for example, is like a Hebrew acrostic poem. So, I mean, amazing for all you people who want to look that up, learn about it. But um, I'll just read this real quick. I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He has driven me away and made me walk in darkness rather than light. Indeed, his hand has turned against me again and again all day long. If you want to open up and read with me, please do. He has made my skin and my flesh grow old and broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like those long dead. He has walled me in so I cannot escape. He has weighed me down with chains. Even when I call out or cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. He has barred my way with blocks of stone. He has made my paths crooked. Like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in hiding, he dragged me from the path and mangled me and left me without help. He drew his bow and made me the target for his arrows. He pierced my heart with arrows from his quiver. I became the laughing stock of all my people. They mock me in song all day long. He has filled me with bitter herbs and sated me with gall. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has trampled me in the dust. I have become deprived of peace. I've forgotten what prosperity is. So I say, my splendor is gone. All that I hope from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wondering, the bitterness and the gall. I remember them well. My soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. First compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. So I just want to say, well, yay to this writer and the situation he was in. We have no idea what that felt like, but that he can write all those things that he felt about what God was doing to him and then turn abruptly and say, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. So I know our choices, the repercussions of our sin are never, maybe never look like what these people had to deal with. In other moments in life, we may, we may see that we really, there's trials going on and we really see no reason for it. We haven't done anything wrong. Um, it's hard to grapple with bad things happening in the world to people who don't seem to deserve it and happens a lot. I mean, I think about Ukraine. I think about people at malls that get killed and schools, things like that. It doesn't make any sense at all. It's hard to grapple with these truths. I don't want to say truths, situations. The truth was what we're going to read. Okay, we're going to turn to Psalm 42 through 44, those three chapters. They have a similar theme as Lamentations. There's a lot of terrible stuff going down for these people. Is everybody doing okay? It's kind of hefty, kind of not the happy message, but uh, anyway... 
42 through 44. These three Psalms have a similar theme as Lamentations, but the difference here is they're not necessarily um, speaking as a result of some sin that they know of. Specifically for Psalm 44, 17 through 19, it says, all this came upon us, though we had not forgotten you. We had not been false to your covenant. Our hearts had not turned back. Our feet had not strayed from your path. But you crushed us and made us a haunt for jackals. You covered us with deep darkness. These people were walking with Jesus, or not Jesus at the time, with God. Um, and they still are experiencing great darkness. They feel crushed by God while their hearts were his and they had been obedient. Um, Psalm 42, if you look at that one, it starts off with a song, uh, a verse that you might have sang before, as the deer panteth for the water. You know that song? Okay. Well, it's interesting that the psalm starts off like that. It's a lovely song, but here we go. Verse three, my tears have been my food day and night while men say to me all day long, where is your God? Things aren't looking too good and the writer is desperate for God out of a place of need. And I think a lot of times when we've sang that song over the years, we just think, you know, my heart longs for you. And in this situation, we really see the context. This guy's having a hard time and he is, I long for you, God. It's a lot deeper probably than we could ever imagine. Verse nine, if you go on, it says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? We move on to chapter 43. We see similar questions. Verse two says, you are God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why am I still going around about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? And then chapter four, verse 23, sorry, chapter 44 says, awake, Lord, why do you sleep? Rouse yourself. Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face and forget our misery and oppression? So how's everybody doing after reading these? Yeah, it feels pretty heavy. I mean, not, I mean, I want to believe that it's not, but it, let's, let's just hang in there. You know, the cry that I think I see through all these scriptures that I read out is a lot of why, why God why is this happening? Where are you? A lot of questions. And I felt the Holy Spirit ask me uh, after I was reading through the Lamentations passages to spend some time with him and ask the why questions. I'll say there's been a lot of disappointments in my life, um, things I wasn't planning on happening. And a lot of times I just stuff those down. My MO is to be a good daughter for the king. You know, we're supposed to rejoice when we have trials. And if you know me very well, I'm probably gonna give you a page of declarations that say all the things we're supposed to believe for and stand on and all that kind of stuff. So to spend time stepping back and and looking at the whys, the things that God hasn't shown up for, or maybe where we felt crushed is a little different from my normal. But I did it. I sat down and I started writing down things that hadn't been resolved things that happened that felt pretty unfair, all that kind of stuff. Of course, a lot of tears came. And in reality, he didn't answer any of those questions. But I know he brought peace in my heart. And in the end, you know, I, uh, I know he heard me. Let me see where I'm at here. 
Um, I didn't, anyway, I'm gonna stop there. So maybe you've got some why God's coming to your mind. Maybe when you're reading this stuff, it doesn't, maybe it hits a spot of something you've dealt with in your life. I don't know. Um, and so I'm actually gonna ask us to pause in me speaking. And I want you to take that card on your chair. And if you didn't get a card or you did something with it, here's one right here. <laughs> Anybody else? Okay. We're going to play some music for just a few minutes. I'm actually going to sit down. And I just want you to think about if there's anything that's, you may have a million of them. You might need pages and pages to write on. But I just want, before I keep talking, I want to stop right now and just ask you to write down some things that come to mind. Why? Why God's? Okay, we're going to play some music and then we'll keep talking, okay? My heart isn't to stir the pot of your frustration toward God or anything like that. I'm just going to say that. I definitely want us to deal with those before the night is over and take them home too and deal with them there too. Um, you know, how did it make you feel to write that stuff out? Just think about your feelings. I don't know. Sometimes it's good to take assessment of what's going on. For me, it was hard when I did that because I felt like I was complaining and I don't want to be a complainer. You kind of see how we, I think you start seeing how you operate, what your, you know, the way you respond and things like that. But God knows exactly what, how we need to respond. He's not worried about those things. I, uh, I, instead of landing in that place of, oh, I'm a complainer, I'm not supposed to do this. I just said, God, I don't know what to do. And I felt like he said, you know, come to me. I want to heal you. I want to cleanse you. So again, there was no resolve necessarily for those whys, but he met me in that place and he really, he's, he's healing my heart. I'm still believing that because some of these things aren't taken care of yet and it's okay. It kind of goes along with the verse, um, Isaiah 49, 
23, put up there. Those who hope in me will not be disappointed. You know, what do I do with that? I've been disappointed a lot of times. There's a similar verse, Isaiah 40, 31. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. You know, there's this place of faith we have in these scriptures. And somebody could go, oh, that's not in the context or whatever. There's all these different things we could look at, reasons for this and that. But I really want to, I want to challenge us in these things to stand in that, uh, what's the word, the, the balance, the, the tension, I guess, of believing the truth about a scripture and uh, the, the hard things that it's not there yet. So living in the middle, the tension of I'm, I'm in process. This is a process. Uh, it's, it, it requires faith when we're not there yet, doesn't it? And I, you know, I don't want to camp out in some, on one camp or the other because I don't want to believe, oh, I'm always going to have good times. But as well, I also don't want to believe that we're just meant to gravel on the ground, grovel on the ground like that guy was saying in uh, Lamentations. So, um, really, I think it comes to that place where we have to trust the Lord with all of our heart and not lean on our understanding. I think when we start thinking we've figured it out, God wants to say, hey, hold on, you haven't figured it out yet. Lean into me. Don't trust your own understanding. So are we going to hang in there to persevere for the long haul? And what about those people in Hebrews 11? We've been reading Hebrews 11 in church on Sunday morning. That's a hard one. The scripture 1139 at the end of Hebrews. These were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. That's a hard one. Um, The following verse does talk about what God had planned for them. If you want to read that, I don't have it up there in in chapter 12. Uh, And God says, you know, they are the cloud of witnesses cheering us on. And we need to run the race with perseverance. And we're also to look at Jesus and not grow weary and lose heart. So there's scriptures in there for what to do in these trials. So back to my recent Lamentations experience, I felt the Holy Spirit challenging me to linger in those hard times a little longer and not move on. There's value in the lament. And it kind of sounds like the value in staying in the trial. We want to stay in the trial so we'll be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. But what about staying in a lament? You know, again, I don't want to be a complainer. I don't want to camp out there. But I really feel like the Holy Spirit was inviting me into a different place than I had been before of experiencing His presence and His nearness in difficulties. Like, it's okay for me to share my heart with Him. It's okay for me to say, this really stinks. Um, I mean, it's okay for me to really have a hard time with Him. When we pour out our hearts to God, it really goes against Satan's main objective is to bring a wedge between us and our relationship with God. When we don't see things panning out the way we want, we can get hard-hearted and things like that. And that is the very thing God doesn't want. He wants us to draw near to Him when we're having a hard time. Um, So it's really important that we see what's going on in our hearts because Satan's greatest win would be that we are separated from God. And you think about the people that you know in your lives, the people that have church hurt, the people that this or that have happened to him, them. And it's hard because there's such a wedge there between them and God. But we also trust that God can draw them back, right? Um, so, so we have to draw close, even the things we don't understand. And sowing into knowing God before the trials is super important. 
Let's look at Psalm 42, verse 9 again. We already read it when he was talking about how hard it was. If you look at that, he says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? He's asking the questions, but right along with it, he's talking about his, he knows who God is. God is his rock. In Psalm 43, 2, let's look at that one. You are God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? The why question is right there next to his faith and who God is to him. So really, you know that that development of knowing God's character happened before the trial. So we need to spend time doing that. That's what, just in your pursuit of God, getting to know Him, any way you know His identity and who He is to you is so important. So when those times come up, they can be hand in hand. So before I wrap this up, I want to talk about a couple other things. Psalm 4, verse 1. Answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. Give me relief literally means make a spacious place for me. I mean, I don't know if we could actually put it in there, but what if it said, make a spacious place for me in my distress? Psalm eighteen nineteen says similar thing. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. I'm not going to read it, but if you want to note Psalm 118.4 has the same type of thing with it. It talks about setting me free, bringing me in a spacious place. Job 36.16 is another one. Well, well, I have that one up there. It's one of my favorite verses. I think it's coming. Did we get it? Maybe not. Oh, yes, it's there. Okay. He's wooing you from the jaws of distress to a spacious place free from restriction to the comfort of your table laden with choice food. How about that? Um... My personal experience with this is moving from Germany to Portugal and uh, lots of rules to follow in Germany and things like that, even though it was amazing. But uh, at the time, also having lots of irritable bowel syndrome issues. So, you know, being at a table laden with choice food sounded amazing. But uh, it's, you can apply this in whatever way you like. But the point of this is talking about that spacious place. So when I talk about the disappointment and those unanswered whys we have in our life, I see that when I'm lingered with him regarding these things, the troubles don't go away necessarily. But um, I do find they're not so tight around me. If you think about a difficulty and how you feel like you can't even move, I know when I'm having a hard time, sometimes anxiety gets in there, my neck can tighten up. I mean, I'm just, it's hard to move forward sometimes. But if I think about God giving me a spacious place, that it's just there's more room. I'm not so restricted by this difficulty. It's like all of a sudden I have a different perspective. Um, there's space to breathe. The impact of whatever happened is not as strong on me. So it's worth it to spend that time in the lament. It's worth it to take the disappointments before him to get better perspective, increase our hope and faith. So let's look at that Lamentations verse one more time. Okay, so thinking about all the writer had gone through, he could say, yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are what? They are what? What are they? New every morning, great is your faithfulness. I said to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Hebrew word for compassion, I read this somewhere. 
you can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, <laughs> is a, I read that it's a homonym, which means it's a word that has the same sound or the same, what is it, homonym? Help me, teachers. Um, yeah, same word or same sound at a different meaning. But the homonym for compassion can be translated as womb. Womb, like a woman has a womb. Anyway, so they both speak of nurture, care, and tenderness. So I picture God having compassion on us. And he's like, oh, I'm developing my child like a mother. I have expectancy for my child. I have hope for this being within me. So even in those trials, in the places where you want him to have compassion, we can think about all the things a mother would have for a baby inside of her. She is longing for those things to be developed. She is willing to give everything so this baby within her can be what they want it to, what they hope it to be. So I love that. Just that place of his compassion for us is full of hope and expectation. So as we... Um, I know I'm a little bit quick tonight. Hope you're okay with that. But um, actually, no. Hey, hey, how about that? Um, (laughs) Anyway, I don't do this all the time. Can you tell? Uh, No. Okay. So there may be some of you here who are overwhelmed like I have been in May. And uh, I asked God um, what to do at one point in May. I was like, Lord, how am I going to make it? I mean, I really felt so overwhelmed. I wasn't going to be able to make it through. And I felt like he just said, take my hand. So I'm driving to work down the road, literally some days, and I'm crying. I'm going to make it through May. It sounds ridiculous, you know? It sounds to say my my, uh, silly little things that have been in my life are, are trial when some of you have some really difficult things going on. I feel like I have no place to speak because I know some of the things you've gone through. But he's asking me to hold his hand. And it's good. It's good for us to have that with him, isn't it? So I just encourage you to do that if you need to. Sorry for my tears. 